All right, Isaac Shade is the host of the Locked On College Basketball and Locked On Tar Heels podcast, and we'll get to the Tar Heels, but first, let's actually get to Purdue, because Ryan... (laughs) Purdue sucks. (laughs) Purdue, Ryan hates Purdue. I don't trust him, and I haven't trusted him all year, but it just, this is a team that with the uncertainty of college basketball this entire season, they've at least kept themselves in the conversation, but we know what happens once you get to the NCAA tournament. Obviously, they're still in the Big Ten tournament right now, so just your thoughts on what you saw from Purdue today and what you expect moving forward. Well, yeah, I'm right with you guys. I've been out on Purdue all year long because this backcourt, this freshman backcourt of Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, they, they've done fine and they've been good, but they're going to crumb. They can't hold it together for six straight games in March. And so it's silly to uh, take them in the NCAA tournament. And besides, little nugget for later in our hit here, I will tell you why you should not come anywhere near taking Purdue as a national champion. Now, Obviously, with with Zach Eady, he's going to be the player of the year for the nation, and that's great. But what happens in games where he's not at his best? Don't trust Purdue. Is there a team in the Big Ten that you actually do trust? Nope. That's a great (laughs) answer. That's a great answer. And I'm there with you. What about, though, um, so I'm just looking at, like, prices, and I keep talking about Gonzaga because they were 20-1. to Now they're down to 18-1. to They're playing their best basketball. Obviously not as talented as they've been the last couple years, but Drew Timmy's been there for 40 years. And I eventually do think— 41, actually, now it's 41. I think Mark Few's eventually going to win a national title. Maybe. We'll see. I say that. But uh, what are your thoughts on them, you know, like making a deep run? It's interesting. We actually just talked about that on Locked On College Basketball today because they, along with this UConn team that you guys and I are both watching right now, have kind of snuck their way back into relevance. All of a sudden, Gonzaga's back up to ninth in the country. UConn, by the way, is 11th in the country out of nowhere. Um, But Gonzaga, right now at Ken Palm, has the number one rated offensive efficiency in the entire nation. They just recently passed Baylor for that. So they are clicking. The guards are getting better and more experienced. But here's the problem with me for Gonzaga. That defense is outside the top 50. They're like in the 70s right now in defensive efficiency. It's kind of like Baylor. Uh, Just cannot trust them defensively. And is that offense going to be able to get over the top to make up for any deficiencies on the defensive side of the court? Alabama with a big win today, 72-49 over Mississippi State. I did what I always do, and I've been fading them in the first half and then betting them to win the game outright, and it tends to at least work. But now, of course, it didn't today, and they looked like a basketball team that actually, I don't know, was comfortable being out there on the court, maybe not as distracted as where they were. Do you think that the Brandon Miller news, and obviously everything else that's going on as well, I mean, you got two teammates that were actually indicted on murder charges today, former teammates, but Brandon Miller's still there. The conversation still has a cloud hanging over this team, but it didn't look like it bothered them today. Now, I know it's Mississippi State, but we've seen them have trouble with teams that are far inferior to where they are right now. Have they maybe gotten over that hump a little bit and gotten past all of this? This is a great question because Alabama, prior to that Brandon Miller news coming out, was beating SEC opponents by an average of over 20 points a game, guys. I mean, just boat racing the SEC. Since then, prior to today, here's their four games since the Brandon Miller news came out. Two-point overtime win over South Carolina, who is just frankly garbage. Three-point home win against Arkansas. Five-point overtime win at Auburn, in which they had to come back from a massive hole. And then a regular season-ending loss at Texas A&M. And so I've been asking that same question, like, is Alabama going to find any way to return to a shell of what it had been? Um, And they came out and answered that question definitively today. I I know you said, like, it's Mississippi State. Listen, Mississippi State is an NCAA tournament team. They're Mm going to be in this field. And so this is a massive 
win for Alabama today, 72 to 49. And so I, I'm hoping, because I've been really in on Alabama, despite all the Brandon Miller stuff, that they're finding their stride again. What went wrong for uh, Carolina this year? I mean, I know there was a lot that went wrong for Carolina this year, but it just looked like the team chemistry, like they didn't like playing with each other, especially towards the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's an absolutely accurate statement. I think the problem that a lot of people had coming in is there was this assumption that switching in Pete Nance, we talk about the Big Ten, for Brady Manick and the hole that he left was going to be a one-for-one substitution, and it just wasn't. Because what Brady Manick brought was this floor-stretching ability as a legit stretch four that Pete Nance just isn't. He's not that same thing. And what that did with Manick was open up driving lanes for Caleb Love and RJ Davis, and it opened up the interior for Armando Baycott to operate as he needed. They did not have that this year, and so defenders sagged off of both Pete Nance and Leaky Black caused a lot of congestion in the lane and there's no driving lanes and there's no room for Armando Baycott to operate. And oh, by the way, Caleb Love doesn't know how to make decisions and Caleb Love can't shoot the basketball consistently. And that's bad when he's yeah. taking the most shots on the team. Yeah, especially clutch free throws. That was not uh, that was not ideal for him uh, in there either. Hubert Davis's future. Like, I know it's early. Did we just lose him? He's gone. We just lost him. Okay. The so, Undertaker's back. I don't know what's going hey, on that's, today. That's actually, I mean, it's yeah. not fine. Uh, great stuff. But so uh, Robert Woods, former Titans and Rams wide receiver, signing with the Texans. Two years, $15 Robert, million. Dollars, Robert Woods with the Texans. $10 million fully guaranteed okay. deal. A new quarterback's best friend is what Ian Rappaport says. Uh, rap sheet on Twitter, of course. I mean, so, Robert Woods is a, he's a solid receiver. That's You have to start. What you're going to have to do if you when you have a young quarterback is you've got to have a good tight end, right? Or a capable tight end. You know that you can dump off to him when, whenever you, you, you just need it. And then eventually you get other veteran receivers you can bring back as well. Yeah. And thank God we got Isaac back. What I was going to ask you, Isaac, uh, listen, I call, we call it the gremlins in the machines. As we know, we count on technology in this world, and yet it never it never does what we expect it to do. It's like cell phones could do all these things, but they just drop calls. Luckily, you're on video, which is even Sorry better. By the way, you have a great camera. Whatever camera you're thank using you. is crystal clear. I love it. It's got the movie shot. It's like a little fade know? in the background. It's like yeah, Christopher Nolan's there shooting you. You want to know what it is? It's my iPhone. I found this software called Camo. And you just use it as your webcam and open the app on your computer. And then it lets you do like cinematic mode. Wow. That's all it is, boys. It's, so it's an app, Camo? Yeah, yeah, Camo. You just open it on your phone. You open it on your computer, on your laptop, and you're in business. Done. I'm downloading it. I'm absolutely going to use that. Uh, what I was going to ask you about North Carolina, more, more Hubert Davis. Uh, it's too early to say, like, is his job on the line? But like, if this yeah. continues next year... Is his job on the line? Uh, you at least have to have the conversation at that point. I'm mm -hmm. with you. It is not time to have that conversation yet in any way. But if if it can, I mean, you, th you think back. It's not just these two years. The year before that, Roy Williams last year, Carolina bowed out to Wisconsin in the first round of the NCAA tournament. The only time in Roy Williams' career he lost in the first round. The year before that, I know there was no tournament, but Carolina would not have made it that single year with Cole Anthony before he went to the NBA. So it's kind of a four-year stretch outside of last February and March that that Carolina has not been, frankly, a, a great basketball team. Kentucky, you think they can make a run in the tournament? What scares you? What worries you about them? Or what do you like most about them? My my biggest concern with them is injuries right now to their backcourt with both Severe, Wallace, uh, Severe Wheeler excuse me, and Kaysen Wallace. And look, Oscar Shibway is not the dude he was last year. However, they are rounding into form. They were able to get a win last weekend, even without Casey Wallace. 
And John Calipari's team is doing what John Calipari's teams often do, finding their way to be a unit as we get into this time of year. And so I actually have them making the SEC Tournament Championship against Alabama. Wow. Uh, let's look ahead to some of the games we got still going on tonight. Oregon and UCLA, that's a 9 p.m. Eastern tip. UCLA, at UCLA, minus 5.5. You're on the Oregon side of things. I'm on the Ducks, so, which may be a good thing for you as I watch my other bets crumble here. We've got one of those things on. I, I'm almost positive he dropped again. And if that's so the too. case, I'm going to I'm gonna throw something at a wall. I'm going to be honest with you. This has been, uh, this is, there's, there's a lot going on. He's there back. it is. <laughs> that's just, you know what? I, I just, I'm just going to roll with what we got. All right. So Oregon UCLA is at nine o'clock. You got a uh, Creighton and Xavier tipping off at nine Eastern as well. Maryland, Indiana at the same time, Vandy, Kentucky, any of those games you're looking at and you see a, a team ripe for an upset, uh, any game that you like, you, just, where are you on all the games coming up still tonight? You can go wherever you want with this. For sure. Let, well, let's start with that Oregon-UCLA game. Oregon is a desperate team. UCLA is without Jalen Clark. They had been my pick for a while to be the fourth number one seed over Purdue. But without Jalen Clark, I'm worried about this UCLA team. And they don't need this win as much as Oregon does. Oregon's on the outside looking in. So, so watch out for Dana Altman's team to maybe make some noise tonight. Um, elsewhere, uh, Vandy, we just talked about Kentucky. I know I said I've got Kentucky in the SEC championship, uh, SEC tournament championship. Vandy has won nine out of 10 games, including upsetting both Tennessee and Kentucky. So Jerry Stackhouse, they might be in some business tonight. Uh, and then the, uh, let's stay in the Pac-12, Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona State is another team that absolutely has to have a win. They might just be on the right side of the bubble right now, but barely. And if there are any bid thieves out there, like if FAU loses tomorrow, then uh, an Arizona State loss tonight could spell their doom. Isaac Shade, host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, Locked On Tar Heels Podcast as well. Thanks for coming on, man. And for the app recommendation, I will be downloading that app. The camera looks great, my friend. 